Hi, this is Margie geiler Alanese. Next week on Shining Bright, we are continuing our look at the ways rural America is dealing with a mental health crisis. We'll start with Sue Galing, who worked to bring mental health resources via telemedicine to rural schools. And then we'll hear how the Ohio Farm Bureau has spread a message of hope on Shining Bright by FarmHer. Welcome to Shining Bright, the FarmHer radio show all about women doing great things. Women who are making the ordinary extraordinary. Women following their passion, taking action, and making a difference for themselves and others. Join me, Margie, as your host on Shining Bright by FarmHer. Welcome to Shining Bright, and I want to say, first of all, hello. I'm glad you're here with us. This is a weird time that we we are in, you guys. This is like, I've never seen anything like it. I know none of you out there have either. I know that your parents haven't seen anything like it, or maybe your grandparents. This is unprecedented at best. And I, it's hard to even find the words for um, thinking about how we all should navigate forward. And so I first want to tell you, I've had lots of questions about what's going on at FarmHer. Guess what? This is how we work already. So uh, we're recording the podcast. We're doing voiceovers for the TV show. We're um, operating remotely. We're talking to our team who maybe is, uh, you know, coming in via video calls because we've got Jody down in Kansas and we've got Hannah down in Texas and Aaron and I are in the same area, but you know, we're, we're doing our best to stay connected and to keep things rolling forward. We don't have any filming dates set anytime soon. So nothing's going to change about what you see on the TV. Guess what? We have everything filmed all the way through August. So yay for being prepared. Um, so, you know, in the short term, nothing's going to change as far as what you see from us. But but what I want to talk about uh, as, as we are focusing on this, like I said, this really tough time, I know that you all, just like me, are thinking about how to keep your family from harm's way, right? Is that not the first thing that pops into our heads? And I know it seems selfish, but it is the real, real, real. My first concern is I am so worried about keeping my kids safe and is my mom safe and how are we going to uh, protect all of our our friends and our family and like, is everybody okay, right? So you're worried about your family, you're worried about your neighbors and um, how are they holding up? I know you're thinking about all the medical workers. I know that this is weighing heavy on me, you guys. They have to be out there on those front lines, the police officers, the first responders, the firefighters, the medical workers, so many people, especially the medical workers, because they're the ones charged with helping us get through what is a medical crisis, right? And so um, we're, we're praying for them. If you're like me, I kind of worry, am I going to have enough food? The grocery store shelves are empty right now. And I know, I know everyone's saying it's going to be okay, but it's hard not to worry about that, Right. I know that so many of you are taking action out there to make sure that lives uh, are still okay, that businesses are okay, that things keep on turning and the world keeps on turning and small towns, big towns, everything alike. Um, But, and if you're like me too, you're probably dealing with kids who don't know how to deal with this. Heck, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know how to deal with this. And so I know my kids are anxious, they're worried, and I don't know what to tell them. And so it's pretty hard to, to paint a picture of this reality, um, which is why I wanted to talk to you guys about this. So you can find all of this on our blog on farmher.com. It is um, a new uh, blog that I just put out there called See the Good Farmher. And I find myself obsessively absorbing all of the news in my feed and it brings me down and it scares me. I find myself at a loss for words. Um, then I'm just talking to hear myself have some sort of reassurance, you guys. I, like I keep just saying the same things over and over. And also just like you, I don't know what this means for tomorrow. I don't know what it means next week. I don't know the next month. Heck, I don't even know the next year. We just had a meeting about no- November and I, I have no certainty in any of that. And so my shirt is really relevant. It says winging it. <laughs> if you're with me, that that's kind of where we are. And I think that's our new norm for a while. So um you know, that that's kind of the lay of the land of where we are with Farm Her. That's the lay of the land about how I feel. And I know, I know that you all feel somewhat the same way. 
Um, so what am I going to do? I'm going to keep my head down and keep working. I'm going to fill up all those extra spaces of time because I'm not going and getting on an airplane. I'm not getting in my car and traveling across the country. I'm not going to be, uh, you know, doing all the things that all my calendar was full and it's now not full for the next six weeks. So what am I going to do? I'm going to take some time to catch up on some of those shows and, and good things out there that I haven't had the time to, to pay attention to. I'm going to take some walks. I'm going to get lots of fresh air. I'm going to try to spend some more time with my kids if I don't go insane and us all feel like we have to kill each other uh, while being locked in. So I want to tell you, our world at Farm Her has always been about sharing the good, Okay. We've been about sharing the good out there. These women are amazing. They're awesome. And they are so good. And so you can watch all of those stories. We have four years of content, you guys. You can tune into our TV show on RFD TV every Friday and Sunday at 930 Eastern. You can go to RFD TV now, which is their new streaming app, and you can binge watch every single Farmer episode that's ever been out there. And of course, you're here with us. You can listen to Shining Bright. You can get it wherever podcasts are available. And we have, again, so much content out there. You can head over to our blog and see some of the ones that I've highlighted that I think are really relevant. Here we are back on Shining Bright, and we are now talking with Michelle Mills. Michelle, welcome to Shining Bright. Hey, thanks for having me. I've been looking really forward to it. Yeah, good. So where are you coming to us from today? Uh, we're in Iowa, sitting in a, mm-hmm. in a studio, but where are you at? Gotcha. I, we're actually in Middle Tennessee, um, just south of Nashville. So okay. I... Born and raised in Nashville, um, continue to live here. We have uh, one of our kind of corporate offices, if you will, is is near Nashville, and the other is in Cincinnati. So we're uh, we're going back and forth. But today I'm in Nashville, and uh, it's cold and rainy and oh. about to snow. So <laughs> probably no colder than where you are. But. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's cold, and I saw some snow flurries this morning too. Yeah. And you but know, it's sunny, so it's a dream of spring today. Yeah, it's still February, so it's right. right. That's true. Okay, so Michelle, let's take this back a ways. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Uh, For our audience's knowledge, did you grow up on a farm, around a farm, anything ag-related? And then tell us a little bit about your, um, you know, your education and maybe your journey into uh, what you're doing now. Sure, absolutely. Um, well, as I said, I was born and raised in Middle Tennessee. Um, not, I was not, I did not live on a farm, but my summers and free time were spent on my uncle's farm, which is in Robertson County. He was a tobacco farmer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where all of our family gatherings were. Everyone went out in the summer and, mm-hmm. you know, did what they called put up the tobacco. You know, we all helped yeah. and, you know, it, it's just... It's just my roots. I mean, that was that was where you went when your parents were going on vacation or had to work. And, um, you know, I grew up in that rural kind of common sense farm atmosphere. You know, I played with the goats. I played with the chickens. It was just uh, my cousins and I that, you know, that's what we did. Um, and I'm an only child. So oh, me too. That was kind of yeah. That was kind of a time. <laughs> yeah. That that was a time to uh, to go and be with your cousins. Yes. And have fun and, and get to run around and play mm-hmm. with other kids. And I didn't have that, you know, home. at home mm-hmm. um, because I was the only child. So and my parents <laughs> were hard workers. Um, you know, their whole lives. Um, my mom was it was entrepreneurial, still is entrepreneurial actually, but she's retired now. Um, and my aunt kind of. Our family business was beauty shops. Oh, <laughs> I like it. Owned a beauty shop. Yeah. yeah, and you grew up you grew up working in a beauty shop. So that that is kind of the short story. But um, back to the kind of the summers on the farm. Really, my um, and of course we ended up with a product that's that's in rural America. But mm-hmm. you know when I would go out shopping with my aunt, you know oh, we have to run and get whatever it was, dog food or, or something for the cows or whatever, 
we would go and shop at co-op mm-hmm. because in Robertson County, Tennessee, at that time, there was a co-op and that was it. I mean, you know, that's where you went shopping to pick anything up unless it was actually grocery. So, you know, I grew up shopping in those places and always thought it was cool. You know, at the time there were like a few toys and things, but it was, it was really, truly just um, farm and ranch products. And uh, of course now that's all changed and, you know, and fast forward on, uh, grew up, um, went to the University of Alabama, graduated from there the whole time, kind of back and forth in breaks. And, uh, you know, in between, I worked in the family business, mm-hmm. which was beauty salon uh, with my mom. So when she retired, which was now fast forward quite a bit, which is in um, 2007, mm-hmm. um she fell into bad health and, you know, she'd always been such a go-getter and it was really hard seeing her kind of develop arthritis. And the truth is we really didn't know what all was wrong because at the time no one had heard of fibromyalgia. Um, But, you know, soon after that, that kind of became um, a recognized disorder, Mm -hmm. you know, form of arthritis, chronic pain, chronic fatigue. And, so she had retired. Um, I was at the time working uh, for Hilton Hotels as an HR director. So I like to tell people I'm not a chemist. I'm not a doctor. I've just always been interested in um, natural remedies. I think kind of going back to those farm days, mm-hmm. you know, um, if, if you needed something, you kind of put some chicken fat on it or whatever. <laughs> Let's it was. see how we so can that, fix it just, with what we've got. Right. Exactly. That's exactly right. And so, um, Anyway, so my daughter was, I think she was, gosh, uh, she was very young at the time. I can't remember the exact age. And my mom was babysitting her. And she called me at work and she said, you, you got to come home. I've called the ambulance. Something's yeah. happened to, to her, to my mom. And she, it was just as if her leg had broken. It was a really weird phenomenon of these kind of strange symptoms that she started experiencing. So they get her to the hospital, come to find out she's allergic to, I don't even know if I should say the drug, but it's something that's off the market now, but it was a, it was a drug. There was a prescription drug uh-huh. um, that was prescribed for arthritis. They later pulled because of severe side effects. Oh, right. So after that, of course, she's using all kinds of topicals, which, yeah. you know, were wonderful. We're, and, and we're familiar with that. We're here to talk about it, but <laughs> Over over a really brief period of time, she then developed an allergy to the blue dye that was oh, in goodness. one of the topical yeah. pain relief creams she was using. So Jeez. as a hobby, one weekend, we said, you know what? We've mixed colors and, and, and lotions mm-hmm. and potions and all this stuff for, you know, 15 years or whatever it had been by that time. And, you know, we want to um, we, we want to try to come up with something that would work for her. Uh, that didn't have dyes. It was more natural and just kind of playing around. It was literally a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a, a newly divorced single mom at the time. Um, you know, my mom was in bad health. We were just kind of in a bad spot. And um, so we just started playing around with creams and mm-hmm. um, gosh, <laughs> all kinds of different ingredients. Uh, I think one of the original versions had emu in it. Anyway, oh after 21 <laughs> tries, 21 tries, 21 we, tries. We, yeah, we hit on a formula and that was over, took over about a year. Um, I think that like speaks always, to your persistence, uh, 21 tries. Yeah, yeah, 21 tries. So, you know, um, but we, well, one thing we really wanted to do was, was stick with white willow bark. And I had, I'd been kind of hung up on that because at the time it was a very rare ingredient. Now a lot of skincare products and things have white willow bark because mm-hmm. it's a beta hydroxy and it, you know, it's an excellent um, pain reliever and, you know, it had been used for 2000 years prior to that, you know, by Native Americans and um, for pain relief, yeah. you know, they would chew on the bark for pain relief and different things. So we came up with this at first, we used an oil, there's white willow oil. So we, we tried that. And then we decided, well, we actually need to use the bark of the tree. So mm-hmm. here we are with this little grinder, like a kitchen grinder, <laughs> grinding up this bark into powder uh, and then experimenting with different um, carrier oils. 
So Mm -hmm. again, you know, EMU is a carrier. There are a lot of good transdermal carriers that can kind of make that penetrate and and, uh, help ease your pain, which was kind of the whole point. Um, So eventually we landed on helichrysum, which is the oil of the sunflower. Interesting. Very, very interesting, you know, combination. And truly, I was working at Hilton the whole time. She, you know, again, was retired and, and I never dreamed of starting my own company. I mean, I was just... Well, Michelle, we have to get headed to break. But when we come back, I want to hear some of the ins, outs, ups, downs, because it all starts with a passion and an idea. And and you had that and, and, and a why. So let's hear about the idea next. Hey, this is Melissa with Tin Roof Market. Just want to share with you some of the products we make using goat's milk from our family farm. We make a variety of soaps and lotions using the goat's milk along with other natural ingredients, adding essential oils and fragrances to give them that amazing smell. Some of the scents to choose from are lavender oatmeal, double mint, eucalyptus spearmint, sweet orange, and many more. We also make a variety of lip balm, lip scrubs, and sugar scrubs. If you'd like to find out more, please check us out at www.tinroofmarket.com, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram. Welcome back to Shining Bright. We are talking with Michelle Mills, who is the founder of Willow Balm. And she, in the last segment, just told us, you know, a little bit about her, which I think is uh, really interesting because when I think about somebody who would create something like this in my mind, they're like a, a chemist or right. a, I, I don't even know who would <laughs> w- what your background would be. But but no, you are just a person who had a problem in your family mm-hmm. and you wanted to figure out something and right. provide a product that you felt good about, uh-huh. that that you felt like was healthy to put on your mom's skin. Right. Especially after so many challenges yeah. of trying to find yeah. something to help. Yeah. So, uh, you created this white willow, white willow bark product. Is that, am I saying that right? White willow bark. That's what it was that you ground up in your kitchen. Yeah. Okay. So, so talk us through at what point did you say, and maybe there's more story in here. I'm sure there is, but (laughs) at what point did you say, okay, I, this is working and I'm going to make this commercial product. Or did you know from the beginning that you kind of wanted to run after that? Like, tell us a little bit about how that worked in the early days. Yeah, sure. No, I actually, um, I, well, first of all, you've got to be a little bit crazy to, (laughs) to go to to even start doing something like that as a hobby. So that's, you know, obviously I think we're uh, entrepreneurial. Um, Women are all a little bit, quirky and, you know, risk takers Mm -hmm. and all that. However, I cannot take credit for that because this, I, I never envisioned starting uh, a, a, an OTC drug company, if you will. Um, Again, I, you know, I was, I was working for Hilton. I was doing this just as a hobby for my mom. Um, We had gotten little, little lip gloss containers and we're just putting some of the cream into those containers. And she was actually, taking them to her arthritis support classes. She was doing swim class at oh, yeah. the time and had some different fiber groups. And that is truly how it started. That was, it was cool. I loved doing it. Um, and after about, I don't know, it's probably about three months or so. She started telling me, she started giving people my number and, you know, they wanted to know all about it. And I thought it was cool that it was helping people, but people started saying, well, where can I buy this in a bigger mm-hmm. in a bigger container? This really works for me. Like I've tried a lot of different uh, topicals. Um, you know, I'm trying to cut down on my use of, you know, whatever it is, oral, mm-hmm. oral pain relievers, which was the goal for my mom as well. Um, where can I buy it? And of course I would just say, well, we'll just make some more. You know, I've yeah. always said I probably should have been a nonprofit <laughs> because I just, I wanted to give it to people, you know? Um, so that went on for a while, probably about six months. And then one day my mom said, you know, you want to actually get the licenses and everything you need to do this and, and, and get a real, um, not factory, but like you a know, location, kind of a, yeah. a, a, a legitimate location. Uh-huh. And, and go into business. And I thought, well, 
hey, that sounds great. I'll just <laughs> make this and I'll sell it and I'll help all kinds of people. And, and then that was the end of that. Uh, that, that was, that was the end of my thinking about it. Um, uh-huh. So I didn't do any of that. We just kept making it in our kitchen and, <laughs> and giving it to her friends. Yeah. And um, again, back to, back to my, my Hilton days, um, I, I was actually located, our, our hotel was located across the street from the tractor supply company corporate office. And the tractor supply company executives would come into the hotel and have their dinners and, you know, uh, awards, banquets and things like that at our hotel. So, you know, I got to know a lot of them really well. Um, and I gave some samples to a few of the guys one day. And one of them said, you know, you ought to pitch this to Tractor Supply. And I said, what? I mean, Tractor Supply is like a farm store, right? I mean, I know about that. I yeah, grew mm-hmm. up going to co-ops and stuff. And he said, well, you know, why don't you just, why don't you just try it? Just, just give it a shot. Cause we, people are using horse liniment on their bodies mm-hmm. for pain relief Yeah, because at those stores at that time, now we're talking, this was, this was 2009. This conversation was 2009. So we're talking a decade ago, over a decade ago now. And he said, yeah, you know, people use horse liniment it, and it's, it, it's just really a, maybe a great opportunity for you. So so uh, acting as if I knew what I was doing. I <laughs> we all do that. that. That's what it's all about. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I, uh, I applied for the tra- to be a tractor supply vendor and go to their open buying days where you got 15 oh. minutes with the buyer and it was kind of like a mini shark tank. You know, you go, you pitch your new or you pitch your item and you see what happens. So I went in, no kidding. I didn't have a tube. I didn't have a drug panel. I, I had kind of a little arts and crafts box yeah. of samples that I went in with um, and just a little label that I had printed out on my computer. And and let me when just ask to, real quick here yeah. at this point, just for, for me to visualize, like this was, um, it, they open it to anybody, you have to apply, you have to, you have to show up and you have right. to have some sort of something visible to show. It's kind of like you're selling their pro- your product to, to them, them, right? At this point. Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's where they look for new products and also from the existing product lines, they look for product extensions and things like that. So, yeah, so you apply at that time, you applied online and then they decided if they wanted to see you or not. And then, you know, you went from there. So I was excited. I got, you know, accepted and I got my notification that at like 10, 15 that morning, I had to be there and I had 15 minutes with the buyer. So I walk in and looking back, it's the funniest thing because I walked in with my little arts and crafts box and I had... (laughs) You know, like a little card, a business card that I'd printed off my computer. I had mm-hmm. nothing in place. And I looked around, and here I am with John Deere, oh my Laredo Boots, Serena. <laughs> wow. You know, You're like, I got this. <laughs> yeah. Well, at that moment, I thought, I might not have this. Yeah, so right, here I am, right. a little person sitting there, and they're rolling in, you know, luggage carts oh. full of basically a trade show set up yeah, and eight goodness. people you know, they can set their backdrop up and do this pitch. And I'm thinking, oh boy. So anyway, uh, I I did, I pitched the product. I told them why it was great. And uh, the guy, his name was Rick. um, He tried it, the buyer and said, you know what? This is good stuff. He had like arthritis, I think in his wrist or carpal tunnel, I think it was. Uh And uh, he said, you know what? This is good stuff. I, I think we could actually use something like this because it's pain relief for humans. And, mm-hmm. you know, these, these old time farmers yeah. that shop here again at that time, uh, yeah. now that's pretty much 50% women that shop there, but you know, they use horse liniment. It can't be good. So obviously <laughs> I did my research. It, it wasn't good. It's not good. It's, it's meant not. for your horse. It's, uh. it's, it's menthol, high content. It's fine for your horse, not for you. Yeah. Um, and he said, yeah, okay, well, we want to do a test market on it. And so all you need to do is um, get some tubes made, you know, get your trademark, you know, you need to apply for a patent on this stuff because that's somebody's all. gonna steal yeah, it. No, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. I thought you would just take it and stick it on the shelf, you know. Um, but that's that's how it all started. And uh so I pitched them. The process literally took three years oh of goodness. development in order to get on their shelf. But wow. after and, and in the meantime I started um pitching to smaller yeah. uh, see farmers uh-huh. co op kind of back to the places where I'd shopped before and, uh, and providing, you know, a high end plant-based item that is 
safe for humans. We did get our patent on that form on that combination of white willow bark and helichrysum uh-huh. to provide external, you know, pain relief um, for chronic pain and muscle and joint pain. So that is really how it all started. Um, I love it. You know what I love? Yeah. You you like went straight to the top. Yeah. You you'd, go you, big. I I love it. And but but then that gave you a footprint to kind of back into yeah. and, and a goal, like a really big goal mm-hmm. over those next three years, yeah. which um, I think is awesome. You know, I yeah. mean, go big or go home. Right. And um, right. so exactly how cool. Okay, well, we've got more story here. I, I want to come back and talk about what has happened over these last 10 years, you know, a little, uh, and dig it a little bit more into your process. So stick with us. We'll be right back. This is Margie. Join the journey by calling in and leaving a message with your questions or comments. Anything you want to share goes at 855-776-6147 or record it on your phone and email it to us at info at farmher.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to Shining Bright. Okay, so this is fascinating to me, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, somebody who works in the hospitality industry ho- in a hotel, yeah. uh, you know, chain and, um, you know, creates a product at home in her kitchen. Everyone starts to love it. And then she goes and she pitches it to Tractor Supply, which I, yeah. I love this. Like, I mean, uh, so... Then, then the real work started, I guess I would, it sounds like as far as building a business and and building a brand and, and Mm -hmm. putting all the pieces in play, uh, were you quickly overwhelmed? How did you deal with this? You know, tell us a little bit about those, you know, three years to building back up to actually getting it on the shelf at Tractor Supply and, um, like how you stayed motivated, you know, how much time you had to put into it. Did you, did you keep your full-time job? All these things. Sure. Well, I did keep my full-time job. Um, I was doing that during the day. Um, I arranged my schedule so that I could be off on Mondays because I needed one business day that I could literally go knock on doors yep. and, yeah. you know, tell a massage therapist and, uh-huh. you know, co-ops and other people that were not tractor supply kind of during this developmental phase, which was brutal, um, you know, about Willabom and, and get them to try it and use it. So our first customer you know, during that time was a chiropractor and she is still a customer to this day. Um, And it was kind of, I'd never even had any experience with chiropractic. So it was a friend of mine. She said, yeah, go see my chiropractor. And uh, in Franklin, Tennessee, and I did, I sent her, you know, took her sample. And after a week, she said, you know, yeah, I like this, something different. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it's all essential oils and, you know, kind of everything that at that time was really kind of brand new. Um, so, so I started that process and there were so many times that I almost said, you know what, I, I can't do this. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, huh? literally, it I cannot tell work. you how many mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Very hard work. I was doing that during the day, a uh, single mom, yeah. you know, picking my daughter up from school, homework at night. And then it, and then working you know, full time. <laughs> 11 at night. Yeah, at 11 at night, I would be trying to answer emails or, or send emails or work on, you know, our first little crazy website or whatever it was, you know, that, that we had going. So, Michelle, um, at this so, point, let me ask you this. You said there were there was, yeah. you know, all these times where you thought about, like, I'm done. And, yeah. and believe me, I've had those, yeah. especially yeah. in those early days. And, uh-huh. and I still do at times. <laughs> but um, sure. what was it that kept you going? Like, what, what was your driving force or, or you know... Tell me a little bit about like, what was it that made you go, you know what? No, I'm going to stick with this. Mm-hmm. Was it a person? Well, was it, was, was actually, it something? Yeah, there was one moment. It is combination of things. First of all, you know, my daughter who is now uh, 21, she's just the light of my life and my just very best friend. And she was watching me do all of this and she was helping. And, you know, we were living in a little apartment, just broke as could be. I was putting yeah. every penny in, you know, that I could into this. And, and I just thought, you know what, (laughs) 
she's watching me. So yeah. I really, I, I have keep to be going. really careful here. Yeah. Well, so one day we went to a chiropractor that had, um, and this is a really funny story. I rarely tell this because I like to stay away from anything negative, but this guy was um, kind of just one of the top chiropractors in, in middle Tennessee. He loved the product and um, he ended up being the only rude and horrible um, person that I'd ever dealt with. And <laughs> it motivated and me because I had mm-hmm. my daughter with me yeah. and I went to collect on an order that he had sold. He sold out of the product that I had put in his store. And so it was a kind of after school, I picked her up and I said, Hey, go with me. You know, this will be fun. You can see kind of the inside of this chiropractic office. So we were sitting in there and he came out and he said, do you want me to pay you for this stuff? <laughs> And I said, well, yeah, I was, you know, just, I, I thought, okay, you know, yeah. I was being really nice. And I said, yeah, you know, that'd be great because I can see you sold out. And he said, well, you know, yeah, it's a good product. I talked to him about the people that liked it and things. And he said, yeah, my patients like it. It's a good product, but, you know, you're never going to make it. I mean, <sighs> let's face it, you know, there are so many good products out there. And he started being very condescending. And this was kind of before women really had the respect that they do now. And I looked over and a tear was running down my daughter's Oh, oh man. And oh, you're no. like, challenge accepted, buddy. Right. And oh. literally last year, I wrote him a thank you note. <laughs> because, I love and, that. And very nice. Right. Know, sincerely. Uh huh. Yeah. Sincerely, you, I've never probably been that shocked yeah. at the level of disrespect. I mean, again, he liked the product. He wanted to buy it. He just didn't want to pay me for it because he didn't think it was going to go anywhere. So I let him know that sincerely, like no hard feelings. I know you have great practice and I'm really happy for you. And I just want you to know that if it weren't for you, I probably would have quit. Yeah. But because of people like you (laughs) proving you wrong, Mm -hmm. I kept going, obviously not knowing where it would end up, but I kept going. So you know, I had a few times like that, but it was truly, it was just for my mom, for my daughter, for the people that were sitting there watching me going, you're working full time, you're doing all this and people, women do it every day. Yeah. So I, I didn't, I got to a point where I'm like, well, man, if I quit now, I'm a real quitter. I should have never pitched a tractor supply and got <laughs> my friends and family to invest and, right. you know, all that is now I've got all these people believing on me and all these people relying on me. So I'm going to see it through Yeah. and then... Whatever happens, happens. But, you know, there are times like that that, and you know it, and you're, you, you guys are doing the same hard grind, you know, yeah. it's uh, middle of the night and you're like, man, is this going to work? Am yeah. I, am I actually helping people? Am I motivating women? Um, yeah. And the truth is you are, yeah. um, but yeah. you just have to keep going. So. Right. It's sometimes like there's a curtain, you know, and, and you're behind it when you're in the backside of all of that. And uh, I talk about that a lot, like to yeah. myself and to <laughs> the people around me, because it's it's hard to to see through that sometimes. But yeah. darn it, aren't we glad for those people who were naysayers mm-hmm. at some point along the way? Because I agree, like I, I those are the things that I think of when I'm like, oh man. And, yeah. and you have an interesting point, I, I think, that you just made. Um, because I'm the same way. Like I, I think back through things in my life and why I didn't stop. And a lot of it was cause I already committed to it. And then I would have to say to other people like, Hey, yeah, I, I couldn't pull it off and I, I'm right. a little too like, stubborn and <laughs> prideful to yeah, say to like, I'm, I'm going to quit. So good for you. Like yeah. probably a big part of your success, I would guess is that you went mm-hmm. straight to the top in the beginning and then you, you had to like keep working back towards this. Right. Because like, I would be the same way. Like, well, I'm not going to tell people I couldn't do it. Right. We're going to figure oh, this exactly. out. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of backtracking because even after I got the yes, we'll do a test market. I thought, again, like I said, I thought, oh, great. They're going to put it on the shelf. And if it sells, then then I'll be in all the stores. Uh-huh. Well, no. There's more to you it know, than I that. had to do. Yeah. I had to do a couple work, a couple years work of, you know, developmental, um, process to get mm-hmm. everything the way it should be to be on a national retailer shelf. Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. <sighs> Luckily by this time I had, I quit my uh, job at Hilton and I went back to work for as a paralegal, I was paralegal by trade. Mm-hmm. Um, I went back to work as a paralegal kind of on a contract basis so that I could work, you know, do some, work on some clients yeah. and, and also work on my business. So I was still working uh, not kind of the 60 hours you have to work in hospitality, but more the, you know, 38 that you can work and then spend the other time on your business. So by 2012, I had 
done that and we had started our test, we had done our test market in tractor supply and it went great. So we had to send it to 25 stores. Yep. And they loved it. And I got the call saying, you know what, your, your product flew off the shelves. It's going to do great. We definitely want to put it into all of our stores. And of course I was just ready to scream. you, Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the call that you've been waiting for. Okay. Well, we have to get going to break, but, but let's, let's save that, but let's save that next idea because we uh, definitely want to hear kind of like what happened next. I'm, I'm kind of like on pins and needles right now waiting to hear like how, how it took off from there, because this is exciting. These are not the things that happen every day. So stick with us. Hey, this is Katie Crow, owner of Uplift Fitness Studio. Uplift Fitness Studio is a boutique fitness studio located right in the heart of Grimes, Iowa, in the Governor's District. Uplift offers a variety of group fitness classes, such as yoga, cardio, Zumba, bar, and strength classes. All new students can get their first week free with no obligation. At Uplift Fitness, we are passionate about uplifting women in our community to be strong, healthy, and happy. We strive to make a difference in their lives by creating an environment that allows our members to obtain their fitness goals and enjoy their experience in comfort and safety. Visit our website today at www.upliftfitnessstudio.com. We are back here on Shining Bright, and Erin, I, I think you heard it too at the end. Yeah. She said, but. 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 Yeah, so now we're sitting and waiting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what, uh, you know, you got the call from Tractor Supply, mm-hmm. and it was time to run forward or or not. Right. Tell, me, tell me a little bit about this. Yeah, so they called, and, and the test market was great. They loved the product. They wanted to put it in all the stores. Now, this was May of 2012. Okay. But. They didn't have room on their shelf until the next year's reset. So oh. It was another year. Oh my gosh! I waited. <sighs> yes, and and you can imagine that. I mean, it was just jubilation inside of me. And then when they said, "But you know, we're going to look at it to put it in in summer of 2013, so we can be ready for the fall reset." And to me, at that time, I thought, "You have got to be kidding me!" Right. Been working all, all this, this time. <laughs> Yeah, but that's okay. So um, I, you know, was pretty deflated, but then I thought, you know what? Yeah, because in the back of your mind, you think, well, what if they change their mind? That's here. I didn't understand that when, you know, a retailer is kind of creating their end cap or or their shelf um, plan, planogram, that they do it a year ahead. So I didn't know that. Um, So I just took the next year and continued to, work on other farm and ranch, um, accounts. There's a, a, there's plenty of them out there. And luckily, um, I had very good reception from that, from that, um, that buyer that's in farm and ranch because they didn't have anything like that. So I tell people all the time, I didn't have a budget. I didn't have a marketing budget. (laughs) So I had to find somewhere where I had no competition to be on the shelf. Um, and so we really kind of landed our plane right in the middle of that cornfield in, you know, middle America, um, and, and truly stuck with that channel to, um, you know, to grow. So I did all of that ultimately then got on the shelf the next year at tractor supply and, um, you know, it's grown from there. It hasn't always been easy or perfect, but you know, I'm, I'm really proud of what I was able to accomplish. And I say, I, you know, a lot of other people were involved. Um, a lot of women, all of my, in, uh, my friends and family investors were all women, mm-hmm. um, that just believed in it and, mm-hmm. and, you know, put their, uh, put their money behind it. Still very, very tiny owned family company, um, yeah. at that time. And so, you know, that, that's really how it went. And, uh, and and now my daughter's very entrepreneurial like I am. So of she is. <laughs> With, That's amazing. Yeah. How can she not How be she not right? Be? Growing up seeing that. Yeah. Yep. yep. 
Yeah. Okay. So now uh, it's not produced in your kitchen anymore. (laughs) Like things have changed and grown and, and uh, talk about growing up as a company, I would imagine, because you have to have like a supply chain and, Mm -hmm. and all the logistics and the operational stuff. So white willow trees. I'm still, I'm like, where did this all come from? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, for a while I did, um, I operated a small manufacturing plant just um, south of Nashville. Very, very, very small. I had couple of, um, a couple of guys that would work at night and, you know, we would literally mix the cream and, and put it in the tubes manually. And that went on for a few years until thankfully we grew large enough to grow into, um, contract manufacturing where we could, you know, get all, let someone else do all of that, that actually knew what they were doing and be able to source our ingredients in larger quantities and things like that. But we did keep it all in Tennessee. So I like to tell people the company is born and raised in Tennessee. Um, It's manufactured near Memphis. And uh, like I said, we still have one office here in Nashville. And then, you know, the company has grown. So um, one other office in Cincinnati. And um, But, you know, that's really how it happened. And then in 2018, I was very blessed. Um, I actually won a grant from Burt's Bees for Ooh. a female-owned um, natural products company. And with that wow. grant money, you could work with the Clorox R&D people to extend your line. And uh, so that's me, an exciting you know, opportunity. It, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I got to go to Durham, Raleigh-Durham, mm-hmm. to the Burt's Bees offices and see kind of you know, the whole Roxanne Quimby Hall of Fame and, you know, Burt's Cabin and all the stuff that kind of went into that company. Which yeah. We're, we're nowhere near that, but she's still a huge um, inspiration. inspiration. Yeah. I think to any female entrepreneur for sure and always had been, you know, uh, someone that I looked up to. And, and so I was thrilled to be able to do that. Um, and from that then, we we actually developed a new um product in our line, actually our first extension, and it's a bug bite balm because we would have mm-hmm. people that said, you know, we love willow balm and, and I put it on my sore leg and it's great for my, you know, my painful knee or whatever it was, but you know, it really helped my bug bite that or my mosquito bite. And I was oh, like, all oh. right, hold up that inspiration okay. uh-huh. and oh. developed. So you're saying it's product. it's a product not to repel mosquitoes, but to deal with the bites right. because I don't the care ish. what I yep. put on my body. <laughs> they still, they bite, still bite me. <laughs> and so I'm left yeah, dealing with itch. Yeah. This is a product that it, I need. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's not a repellent, but it does contain lemongrass. So that lemongrass oil has a little bit of, or, oh, yeah. we're not marking it as, as a, repellent, a repellent, but it yeah. has a little bit of repellent property, mm-hmm. but it really does help the itch from, from bug bites. So, um, so that's kind of our new launch that's coming out. And now we're, we've been in the same tube since the very beginning. Um, so after a decade, it's time for a packaging change and refresh. And so we're, you know, getting ready this spring to launch our new, kind of just refresh the brand, uh, mm-hmm. launch our new packaging for Willabomb, same formula, you know, we say same relief, uh, new look. Um, so we're launching that along with the Bug Bite Balm and have had, a lot of interest in that so far uh, because it, again, it's it's kind of an original item. There's a lot of repellent. Um, there are some good products out there that will help your itch for bug bites, but most of them contain ammonia. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of parents now don't really they want to use parents that. or people that are just mm-hmm. sensitive. They don't want to put that ammonia on their kids. So yeah. this is a uh, a drug free way to do that with essential oils. Still using the white willow bark. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's where we're at now. Just, you know, growing, changing that packaging, growing into different markets. Um, you know, the original package was designed for tractor supply. It was yeah, just designed for farm and ranch. Uh-huh. Specifically. And then that's that's really where we've been. Um, and so now that we're ready to get into some bigger retail, reach a lot more people, um, you know, it needs to kind of reflect the look of our current shopper. Because at the time mm-hmm. uh, that we launched in tractor supply, our shopper was you know, a 60-year-old farmer's wife or, or whoever the female buyer in the family, mm-hmm. female would buy it, they'd take it home, they'd give it to their mom, they'd give it to their husband, and, you know, and that's that. But now we've really started, especially with Amazon, you know, reaching a younger 
demographic that yeah. really surprised us because we didn't know how that would work out. Um, mm-hmm. But now, uh, now we're reaching a lot younger audience that maybe wants to use it on their kid's soccer injury or yeah. you know yeah. just their headache. Oh my uh, gosh. We're working we on a migraine ball. Endless and, yeah, uses so. for this in our house. Right I know, now. and you know, I don't know if if. Anyone out there has heard me mention it, but I turned 40 this year. (laughs) I talk about this a lot. And like things hurt longer. You know, I I keep thinking I'm injured and then it actually goes away, but it takes a lot longer to go away than it used to. And so, you know, from a standpoint of of a lot of us have different health coverage than we did, you know, like there's high deductible health plans where we don't just run to the doctor and we know the dangers of of pain medications. We're not just going to take a pain medication. And so something like this, yeah, like it's, it's relevant to, to have on the market right now, I think for, for someone who's maybe, you know, in the 40 ish age range (laughs) and younger too. I I love it. Um, So uh, Michelle, let's bring it back here because we've got just one little segment. We're wrapping it up here at the end, but I want to get a little bit of your advice because you're making my wheels turn and, and we've got a business here and, and you know, I know that you're making other people's wheels turn. So I want to have some ideas for women out there who are entrepreneurs about building a brand, any advice that you can pass along to them because you are an inspiration. So we'll be right back here on Shining Bright. Hi, this is Margie geiler Alanis. This week on Shining Bright, we're tapping into that entrepreneurial spirit and being in the right place at the right time. We'll talk to Michelle Mills, who saw a need, created a product that worked at home in her kitchen, then went on to put courage over comfort, pitching it to Tractor Supply and eventually landing it on shelves across the country. This is a can't miss story on Shining Bright by Farmher, Saturday at noon and Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio 147 and the SiriusXM app. Okay, we are back. We are wrapping it up and we have kept Michelle so much longer than we usually keep somebody. But I find this fascinating, Mm -hmm. I think, because I can relate to it. I think on many different levels, whether it's from the entrepreneurial level or the person who needs some pain relief Mm -hmm. level or whatever that is. And um, but I, I love your story, Michelle. And so if we could wrap it up and talk about maybe some tips that you have for other women out there who maybe have something they're passionate about, whether it's, you know, a a product or a service or Mm -hmm. something, what would you tell them? um, What sort of advice could you pass along at this point? Well, first of all, I, I do talk to a lot of women that have ideas and they're not sure how to go about it and, and different things like that. So my, my first advice is always do your research, you know, keep, keep your idea, but be flexible because initially long before tractor supply ever came along, you know, my idea was, well, I'll just, I mean, I'll sell this in, you know, arthritis clinics at the mm-hmm. time, pain clinics were a big thing. I never thought about farm and ranch in a million years. So if, you know, you have to stay flexible to and just open to different opportunities that come along and just know that whether it's a, a product, a service, um, I have friends that have cleaning businesses that have, you know, now grown tremendously because they've started doing, you know, commercial property instead of mm-hmm. residential or whatever it is. Just keep in mind that it's probably not going to end up being exactly what you envision, but it could be better. Um, it may end up being totally different and your idea may not work. I have 21 different formulas that didn't work. 21 different tries. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Keep honing that. If you believe in it, you've got to stay true to what you believe and carry it all the way to the end. Um, Because if, you know, if you, if you try and you fail, you're still a hundred percent ahead of all the people that didn't try, you know, yep. you read that everywhere and, yep. and inspirationally. And it's really true because, you know, mm-hmm. we're all going to try things that don't really work or, or don't come to fruition. But there could be something in there that helps people or mm-hmm. solves a problem. Um, and, you know, you can be an inspiration. It doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, I was I was in my late 30s. Yeah, um, I love that piece of, of advice. When I started. This. Uh-huh. I think that's a really yeah. important piece of advice. Even I talk to friends and stuff like, well, it's 
it's too late or that's such it's never, it's too, never late. too late. Yeah. Never, yeah. ever. Yeah. No, yep. no. Uh, don't let age stand no, in your way. You I know, don't, agree. Don't quit your day job. Right, right. <laughs> Until you got a yes. plan. Yeah. Until you can. Yeah, and, <laughs> right. And be prepared for it to take 10 times as long as, as you, you ever imagined. But but yeah, but it, it you know, that, that would be my best advice. Try it. Don't let other people like, you know, don't let the chiropractor yeah. that tried to, you know, uh, uh, try to dissuade me. Don't, you know, don't let people mm-hmm. discourage you. You're going to always have that, but yeah. just keep on keeping on. And eventually something good will come out of your entrepreneurial spirit. And if you have an authentic desire to help people. And I think yeah. as women, we do, we're caretakers, whether it's this product to be, you know, used for self-care or um, I've talked to so many women with ideas for babies' products or mm-hmm. children's products, and you know that's not that's not my area, but I, I admire it and I've encouraged them. And and you know, share information. Um, a lot of people don't like to share buyers' names or share people yeah. that. Yes. You know, uh, there's enough yeah. to go around. You know, raise help each other. Each other. Up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, help each yep. other and uh, and just build that community and don't give up. That's awesome. Yeah, I think um, w- one thing that is interesting about your story, I, I just was involved in something uh, here recently. We have something called the Cultivation Corridor, right? And we have a lot of ag-focused businesses here in uh, central Iowa where we're located. And and one thing I picked out about your story is you found resources that were right where you were. And granted, mm-hmm. it worked out great that that happened to be Tractor Supply, which is a really big resource. But like, you know, you have things around you, whether they're big, they're small, they're, they're this, that, or the other. And, and those resources, those companies, you know, those people that you can connect with, it's a, a game of sharing those connections with other people because a rising tide really does lift all ships. Right. I, I really do believe that. And uh, so you, you have this network that you built around you and, and you could do it like literally across the street from your job, yeah. you know, at one point, which I think is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. And great words of advice. And I think it's important too that we let everybody know where they can find Willow Bomb. Yes. I already placed my order on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. So tell us where we can find you. So you can find us at uh, find Willow Bomb at Tractor Supply Company and just about any other farm and ranch store or co-op in America. Look for us. Ask for us. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Google will uh, point you in your direction yes. as Aaron can attest to as well. <laughs> yep. So, you know, it can land on your doorstep as well. So I love that. Uh, Michelle, thank you so much for sharing your story. I think it's really inspiring and it's going to encourage a lot of women out there. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thanks again. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening to Shining Bright. Check out our website for all things FarmHer. You've been listening to Shining Bright by FarmHer. Be sure to listen Saturdays at noon and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM's Rural Radio 147 and the SiriusXM app. And now, go shine bright.